your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Joe DiBiase, and I won my bet on the Sabres game tonight. And I'm Jordan Hanskin. I kicked off a new season of the year. What'd you kick off? A new season. Stephen Fogarty season. Oh, yeah. Steve Fogarty season is in full swing. The Sabres beat Did, did you see that? The leaves are changing. There's <laughs> new warmth in the air. Fogarty. Stephen Fogarty time. Uh, this is the Locked On Sabres podcast. The Sabres beat down on the Philadelphia Flyers. Six to one victory. The streak is dead. 18 losses in a row. Their longest winless streak in team history, longest losing streak in team history is over. And they are back in the win column. And they do it, by the way, in the month of March. It was their first regulation win in the month of March in exactly three years. March 31st of 2018 was their last regulation win in March. And that was against the Nashville Predators. And we did some trivia on that last week. Like you had Victor Antipin and Brendan Gooley and Justin Falk in the lineup. So it's been a very long time. Chad Johnson was the starting goalie the last time they won in regulation, but now they do it with Steve Fogarty. Um, And there's much more on this game and looking ahead. Jordan's going to be away for the next week, going on a little vacation. So we got to get his thoughts on a couple of things that I wanted to touch on in the coming days, including Linus Allmark's future. And we'll talk about, Sam Reinhardt playing center one and oh, oh, I haven't even tweeted this yet. I got to do it right now. So we are going to take a brief Jordan. You talk about something you liked from this game. As I tweet that the Sabres are one and oh, this season with Sam <laughs> Reinhardt at center. Um, there's a lot to like, uh, I thought there was a bit of energy. You know, I think that last loss, I think was kind of like a final straw for them. You know, I, I, I loved hearing words, from the players that I hadn't been hearing all that much. Um, When they said embarrassment, you know, anger, like that's what I wanted to hear from them. You know, not, not enough of, you know, things just didn't go our way. Um, I I liked to see that they were, you know, putting some onus on themselves um, and taking responsibility for it. And I thought they came out with a great effort tonight, pretty much all around. Um, I thought that, and this time I thought when the Flyers did start to turn the tide, I thought that they responded in really good ways. You know, they, they got the goal back. They, they answered. Um, I think the Flyers started the second period, like a 10 0 shots. Um, and then the Sabres, you know, picked up their game and they, they fought back a little bit. Um, they didn't, they didn't quit, you know, and they, they earned this win fully as a team. Um, there wasn't like, specific individual performances Mm -hmm. that I was overly like amazed by, but you know, as, as a team, you know, they were better than the flyers tonight for sure. And they definitely deserved the win. They definitely were. And something that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit later that we'll touch on later. And I'll mention it here because it's something that we'll get to the flyers. I think are dead for this season and the implication for the division makes this division one of the least interesting uh, in hockey. And there's only four, but uh, the Flyers look done to me. They lost the series to us. 
like we right. won the series you can't do you that think about it like we have, we have, we left just these two games from the flyers with more points than the flyers got from us yeah. um and considering what the islanders have done to us and other teams that they'd be chasing like that's not good yep um other stats from tonight's game uh kyle Poso. little credit to kyle Poso. he's on a five game point streak now with adding two assists in this game and really, if you go back, um, if you go back in the last eight games, uh, I'm doing some quick math here. Oposo now is up to two goals and six assists in his last eight games. So even beyond that point streak for him. Um, so that's nice. He's, he's, you know, at least getting the production. I'm not noticing him too much more on the ice itself. I think some of those are secondary assists, but good for Oposo. Uh, other stats from tonight's game, you had, of course, six to one. You're going to have some offensive numbers. Steve Fogarty with his first NHL goal, but the goal wasn't even really his best play. I think the assists on Casey Middlestat's goal was better, yeah. right? Yeah, the pass, the pass was awesome. Um, you know, who knows? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be here and saying like, you know, beat the drum for Steve Fogarty. Um, but you know, it's really open tryouts for bottom six. So like, like what, give this guy as much of a shot as everybody else. I'm fine with that. Sure. Right. I mean, he played well. That was a great pass. The vision to see Middlestad coming open. Middlestad, good job finishing five hole there. Uh, finishing has been not really evident in his game since he entered the NHL. Um, so that's a good sign from him. He, him playing center too, you know, get, I think he's looked good. He was having a very good season, a bounce back year going from center to the wing. And the last couple of games with all these injuries, he's kind of been out of necessity, had to go back down the middle. And I think he's still been playing pretty well. Um, Reinhardt gets a goal in this game at the beginning. It was off of uh, Justin Braun flyers defenseman. So a little luck there. You did have the luck kind of come back in the flyers favor when their goal went off of Ivan Provorov's goal went off of Brandon Montour. Montour gets two goals of his own, both on shorthanded and both on the same power play. Now the Sabres tweeted out that it is the first game uh, since, in fact, it's actually only the second time ever. He's just the second defenseman in Sabres history to score two shorthanded goals in the same game. The other was Alexi Zitnik in March 19th of uh, 1998. So I would imagine not knowing that game off my offhand, I could look it up. It might be tough to look up, but I could probably do it. I think Montour might be the first defenseman in Sabres history to score two goals on the same uh, power play. He, I don't know how many have done that at all. I think Don Luce, I know, has done it because he maybe even had three goals on one power play shorthanded for the Sabres once in the 70s. But I'll have to look up the historical uh, significance of that from Montour. One was an empty netter, by the way. Um, so Sabres closed the door there. The, don't let the Flyers back in. Linus Allmark, 31 saves and 32 shots. Good game from him. We'll talk about him a little bit later on. Bristol Lyon with two assists in this game. Jacob Bryson with two assists in this game. Bryson actually led the Sabres in ice time with 22 minutes and 31 seconds. Number one defenseman, Jacob Bryson. Uh, and Jordan, I don't know if you had the sound on in this game, but Pierre Maguire is a big fan. Yeah, who did he compare him to? <laughs> oh, I, I, I forgot. who I was trying to think. Was, it the, was it the UMass kid? Oh, uh, maybe. No. I don't know. 
I mean, I it was I I, I don't remember the name he compared him to. I was like, I was like, who? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't understand what he was yeah. talking about. But he but, was he loves loved him. <laughs> no, I I actually didn't think Pierre was all that bad today, but it may mm-hmm. just be because the Sabers were winning. I thought he was like you know interesting enough. He still does his Pierre thing where he says stuff that nobody really cares about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was doing like the, the goofy thing was like the the Pommonville thing at the end. He's like, man, I love that guy. <laughs> And he was talking about like Jennerat. They were talking about like yeah. Jennerat. The, oh they were my talking God. about like like they were like gone from like planet Earth. Like <laughs> like like, like the, no, they're still around. Like both those like Rick Jennerat is still calling games. And Jason Palmville, <laughs> I'm sure, is like still around somewhere. Like Pierre, you can go talk to these people if you like them that much. Oh my God! He didn't even get the the sign right. He said, "You only know miss about the arena the the palm the sign Palmville." It's like no, it was the population of Pommonville. He didn't even get the sign right. <laughs> oh my! And then, and then he was like, you know, because of all the goals, because no one was reacting to what he said, because who the hell knows what Pierre is saying? <laughs> for Pierre, uh, just, it's oh. not the 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 details are unimportant for Pierre. It's there's just, just wild generalities about teams. There's <laughs> there is there's just no analysis anywhere in his mind. There's he's nothing a big, he's about a big picture guy. He's not, right. he's not well, a nitty gritty. Is he like he? There's nothing about systems. There's nothing about you know like <laughs> what the defensemen are doing breakout wise. There's no strategic uh, analysis coming from Pierre. It's just things that pop <laughs> into his head that he that he knows about the team. Like just t- trivial knowledge that you know some Florida Panthers fan might not know. Like it's for that guy. It's for the casual Florida ongoer that's watching hockey for the first time. That's like what two Pierre, I feel like, is trying to appease. Um, it is funny that like hockey just NBC. I mean, thank God we're going to be leaving them. Um, yeah. But like they just don't really get like national broadcasts like the way the other sports do. I just feel like the other sports, like their national, like the NFL, every broadcast is a national broadcast. So it's yeah. a little bit different. But like they like, yeah. I, I never like. I watch like a Titans Browns game, and I don't feel like they're being like ridiculous, right? Like, like you know, like and they don't have there's the... some breaking down of the game. Like it's not, right. you know, like you you could find film guys that are gonna go play by play, and they'll start telling you about like the Earhart Perkins system. Um, but you're getting some breakdown of the game. <laughs> Pierre's just saying stuff about Buffalo. He's like, That's oh, it. chicken wings. <laughs> Cold here. Where's like yeah. on whack? <laughs> Ryan Callahan. Things. Yes. At one point, he just literally it had been quiet for like three seconds, and Pierre just goes, ah, "I saw Ryan Callahan in the arena tonight." <laughs> Ryan Callahan. Yeah. <laughs> he's from. He's from here. Oh. He's not even from here. He's from Rochester, and like he still was making a big deal about it. Oh my god. Did he mention Shattuck St. Mary's? No, but he mentioned. We don't um, have Drew Stafford anymore. That's the problem. Oh, he mentioned some junior team that I wanted to make fun of that I forget. He he met, he did something like Shadex St. Mary, but he didn't. Like the Shawnigan Cataracts or something. The Sab- the Sabres broke an 18 game losing streak. So we're not going to do more than just this on Pierre. But one more thing, and I tweeted about it. He goes on this long soliloquy about Matthias Samuelson, a second round pick of the Sabres from like three years ago that's played like 10 games in the AHL. 
and hasn't done anything in his development path to make you think he's going to come save the day. And he goes on this long soliloquy about Matthias Samuelson, and he ends it with, it's not all doom and gloom and Saberland. <laughs> about Matthias Samuelson. Yeah, he, 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 like, he just, he does make me laugh. Like, oh. just because he's so bad. But it is like, <laughs> like, I, I think that ESPN needs to hire him. Oh, please, God, no. <laughs> and put him on, like, one of, like, the low-tier ESPN Plus games. Oh, my God. Like, just pick the bad game. And yeah, sure. Okay, that's fine. Like... Put him on Ducks Kings. <laughs> just fine. so I can get I can get my fix if I need it. Like, I don't <laughs> want it to be, like, in my face. Well. But, it, like, just, like, Pierre tracker it and, like, tell me, like, where's Pierre going to be? So if I need a laugh, I can just go listen to Pierre. Well, what you want is the viral moments that will get spread around on Twitter after they yes. happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He needs like to when, still be doing games. Somewhere. Like when he was interviewing Jonathan Taze on the bench and he just yelled his name and the crowd just started cheering. <laughs> and then he just sat there and stared at Taze. <laughs> Jonathan Taze. And then he just sat there. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough. Enough. We were too harsh on Pierre probably. I, uh, I said he had a good game. That's how we started you did. this off. I you said did. he had a decent game for his standard. Um, Is this the beginning of the climb from rock bottom? Like we've been – saying for weeks that it can't possibly get worse than this. Uh, and it's hard to imagine it getting worse than 10-year playoff drought, 18-game losing streak, Eichel's out, wondering about his future, the coach gets fired, you know, Ristolainen even is still here. Like, you've got a lot of the old faces still on the team. Is this the beginning of a climb from rock bottom? I, I'm not saying for this season in particular, but the losing streak being done with, and maybe starting to think towards the deadline in the future. Like that's kind of how I'm thinking after this win. Yeah. Um, I don't think it can get any worse than like watching the Sabres lose 18 straight games um, without Eichel playing. Uh, like that, that I do think is rock bottom. Um, and I, I, I had some sense of optimism. I mean, there's still a lot to not like about how the roster is constructed. And the organization, like, the fact that the scouting department is gutted scares the crap out of me. Like, I just don't know how we're going to, like, draft well if we're just, like, watching videos. Like, I, I watch videos to draft scout, to draft prospects. Like, I don't know how they're going to do it. Obviously, they have more videos, but it's, like, that's that's tall task. <laughs> um, and I, I just think, like, the team – they're – there, there's some things to like. Um, I heard in the ES, like ESPN had an article. I think it was Wachinski, mm-hmm. um, where he he said like an anonymous NHL source that the Sabers are a lot closer than people think. But I think that could only be because like we have Eichel and we have Dalene, like we have the pieces that are hard to get. That would be the only reason I could think. Because otherwise, I'm thinking like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're going to get some stuff. So actually, there's a Darren Dreger comment that we need to talk about. And maybe we'll even do that here coming back because it relates to the deadline, selling some pieces off and looking ahead. So we'll do that. We'll talk about Linus Allmark's future a little bit, too, because that was a subject that came up on Chopin the Bulldog on WGR. And I want to get to that. And then we'll look at the East Division as it stands. We don't often look through the whole division because the Sabres have not even been relevant in it all year. But their opponent tonight, the Flyers, they're 
their spiral, downward spiral, has killed any sort of drama in the East Division. So we'll talk about that as well. And of course, Sam Reinhardt at center. Don't worry, I'm, I'm going to get my Sam Reinhardt at center fix at some point on this, on this episode. That's all coming up on the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanscom. This episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport, not just the Sabres. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On Sabres once a week, and yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group, the Sabres group, for the latest league updates and team updates. Follow me at Sneaky Joe Sports to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live on tomorrow night, Thursday night, uh, at 9.30-ish, right around when the Sabres game will end against the New York Rangers. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Sabres. See you there. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Head to BuiltBar.com slash brackets. Cookie Dough Chunk in the finals against the winner of Coconut Brownie Chunk and Mint Brownie. If it is Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Cookie Dough Chunk, I'm going to have a decision to make if it's mint brownie that'll be easy for me going cookie dough all day on that one go to builtbar.com or to at bar underscore built on twitter and remember to use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that is locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I wonder if they'll be covering Poland, England, World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Because I bet that today. That was big. You watch any soccer today? I love World Cup qualifiers. Me too. Oh, North Macedonia. You get the, the you get the you get the countries that like stirred like they have like a long shot to make the World Cup like that's like a huge moment for North Macedonia. Oh yeah, good for them. Like that's awesome. I also, I also learned about some new countries that I one didn't once know. Uh, I kind of forgot that North Macedonia was a country. Uh, mm-hmm. Kosovo is a country too. Yeah, that the, I didn't the, know. The Balkans, a lot of yeah, a lot some of change, a lot of stuff. Uh, San Marino. Did you know they were a country? It's like some little yeah, I did. tiny yeah, dot I did. in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> it's an I, island? I, I think it's an island, right? I thought it was landlocked. Maybe not. Wow. Um, but anyways, that, I, these are, I don't know why that came up. I mentioned it because I'm sure they did not cover that on the Locked On Today podcast. They were probably talking about the Knicks who are uh, stealing people's apparently hearts. They, apparently, the they just had a massive choke as we're, as we're speaking live. No. Yeah. Damn it, my Knicks. It's a um, shame. But anyways, um, so yeah, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Let's get back to Sabres Flyers. Six to one, Buffalo over Philadelphia. I bet under three and a half goals. 
for the Flyers in this game. If you're wondering that bet that I won earlier, I bet under three and a half goals for the Flyers. Easy money. They are a disaster right now. We will get to them in a few minutes. But on tonight's game, Sam Reinhardt playing center. That When I saw that, and it was weird. It was unexpected because he had not practiced uh, with those lines when uh, the lines came out at the morning skate on Wednesday morning. Reinhardt was still on the wing. But there we find out. Pre-game warm-ups. Boom. Reinhardt centering Olafson and Okposo. Um And he scored the goal in the first period. As I mentioned before, it was a lucky goal off the backside of Justin Braun. Um, I actually made sure to record the game on my computer. So I'm actually going to go through and do some film breakdown to kind of look at how he actually played. Because I, I do want to know if I am being biased. Because in my mind, I was watching that game and like, that's a nice play. I'm looking for Reinhardt in the defensive zone. I'm like, all right, he's picking up the right man there. He's going to the right spots. Oh, chips it out of the zone there. Good job. Like even the little plays, I might have been giving him too much credit because this has been an idea I have been banging the drum for for years. The guy played center his entire life. He got to Buffalo. They had good centers. That's All right, let's put him on the wing. And then once O'Reilly's gone, they just decided, ah, we're just going to forget about the fact that he ever played down the middle. And I do believe that in this circumstance, he's only playing center because they are just out of guys. Like John Sebastian Day was playing first-line center for them the other night. And maybe Don Granato finally realized that, hey, even though he's great on the wing, I mean, he and if he, even if it doesn't go well, he's not going to be worse than John Sebastian Day. So let's put him down the middle. Um, so before I go any further on Reinhardt at center, did you notice anything different about him in this game? Or do you think he just kind of looked like the same player? Um, yeah, I, I didn't take too much stock into it. Um, I'm good with him playing center though. Um, I think that makes our team stronger if he can play center. Um, just because wings are just an easier find. Uh, I think center centers are harder to come by. Um, maybe gives Dylan Cousins another year to, you know, not have not have too much on his plate, even though I think he's totally ready for it um, to be maybe second line center. But yeah, like I'm fine with experimenting this. That's it. If, if these games are for anything, it's for testing out stuff like that. Um, Reinhardt at center is something that we should definitely look into. And it's something that can make the team better. And I'm all for it. It gives you something interesting to watch for the remaining 20 plus games. I mean, like there's not much to watch for in these games. There are some individuals like Jacob Bryson. I'm enjoying watching. I'm looking, I'm trying to watch Henry Okiharu closely to see if there's any signs of him kind of coming back to earth after a very bad start to the year. And I do think I'm seeing some signs of that. He looks more like last year, very calm, cool, collected in his own end. So he's a guy worth watching. Uh, Allmark too, I think a little bit, but he's more glaring because he's a goalie. Uh, middle stat, like again, there's some individuals, but Steve Ryan- Fogarty, Steve Fogarty, <laughs> um, but Reinhardt at center, like that would be something to look out for all year, and that would change the course of what you would think you have to do if he played center for the next 20 games and looked great doing it. It's like, all right, well, we don't have to go fill that then, I guess, because. If Cousins also is about ready, then I've got Eichel, Reinhardt, Cousins coming back next year. Maybe one of them slides back over to wing, but I don't think I need to add anybody. So it could, and, and contract-wise, 
I mean, for Reinhardt's case, he would probably want to have this happen. His agent would probably want to have this happen. Centers get bigger contracts than wingers do. And if he could prove that I can play down the middle, that will only increase his value. So I'm going to look close, more closely at uh, the differences in the neutral zone game and the defensive zone game because it's really where the big differences are between center and wing. Once you're in the offensive end, it's usually everyone's just a forward. So there's not much difference there. But defensive zone and neutral zone, I want to look at that. Also because face-offs, he did not do well. One of nine. I mean, that's downright mm-hmm. awful. Um, in fact, it's pitiful. So he'll have to have uh, looked pretty good in the other areas to make up for that. Um, and he was with Oposo and uh, Olofsson in this game. So the line mates, better than Seth Griffith and Benoit Pouliot, who were his wingers the last time Phil Housley tried him at center. So more on that uh, to come. And especially, um, I'm sure I'll be tweeting about it at Sneaky Joe Sports. But 1-0 this season with Reinhardt down the middle. Um, all right, let's get to Linus Olmark here, and then we'll go to the Flyers, and then we'll wrap. Um, Linus Olmark, the subject I wanted to bring up with him, it doesn't necessarily relate to tonight's game, although Olmark did play really well, I thought. So I think he is worth mentioning just on his performance. But what do you foresee happening with him? Do you think it's just chalk that he's going to re-sign here? They're going to re-sign him because he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. They don't have another goalie under contract. Well, I guess they do have Dustin Tokarski. So they'll have a guy that can be uh, exposed to Seattle. Um, Allmark making $2.6 million, 27 years old. There are no other really good goalies on free agency uh, this coming year. I mean, Philip Grubauer rates. He's been the number one for Colorado all year. He's been really good, but he's not some superstar that's going to get like an $8 million a year contract. There, I, there really isn't that guy. It's like Grubauer and Allmark. So if he goes to the market, I think he makes a sizable chunk of change. And the Sabres don't protect, have his rights because he's a UFA. So I've kind of been sitting here assuming that Allmark will be back and they'll have they'll bring in somebody else. But I'm not sure they're going to be able to keep him. Do you do you, do you think I'm reading that right? Um, no. Well, I I think it's totally reasonable. I think the way you laid it out makes a lot of sense. Um, that if they, like if he can get money on the open market and go to a team that's in better shape to win. I mean, I think it's a no brainer for him. Um, I mean, it's gotta be frustrating to be, to be Linus Olmark, to be living in Linus Olmark's world. Um, But yeah, like I'm also fine with looking to the future. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, at what point am I going to hear about the golden boy? Like when, when will Uka Pekalukanen be ready? I think the team was hoping next year would be the year for that. But it's tough to judge because the Amherst season has kind of been, it was a late start. And then you had the COVID delay in the middle. Mm. His numbers have not been good, but he's also only played eight games. So it's hard to judge. But like I said, if he only ends up getting 20 AHL games in, is he ready for that jump? Are they going to feel confident having him make that jump? Um, I I struggle to find a path for him to get here by next season. So that's not to say he's still not the goalie of the future, but I I would not guess he's here next year. So basically if Allmark leaves or should they, before we even get to that, should they want to sign him? 
I think that's easy. I think they should want to bring him back. Yeah, for the right price and right term. Like, I don't want to give Olmark, knowing that we're probably anticipating a different goalie be the guy for the future. Yep. I don't think it's wise to, you know, give him like a five year contract or something like that. I but if you want to give him like a two year one, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm all for that. Two years, seven million, maybe. I don't think I would go higher than that. That's three and a half million per year. I think that's probably fair for him. Yeah, um, I think that's that's totally like I'd sign that right now. Yeah, I, I would, too, if I were the Sabres, because otherwise they are starting over for next year. And that could be good. I mean, you're going to improve over Carter Hutton. So one of them is going to be an immediate upgrade. And you would hope that you can get a similar level guy for not too much more. Um, from Allmark, but as I mentioned, there really isn't that guy in the open market unless you want to go pay Philip Grubauer five million a year, which is probably what he costs. So I think that might that's going to be important for me is getting the Sabers to uh, re-sign Linus Allmark. All right, um, we'll take a timeout here. I've got a quick uh, news update for those that did not pay attention to Darren Dreger's uh, segment on insider trading on TSN. Most of, of course, would not be able to see that. Um, He did make some comments on the Sabres that relate to the deadline. And then we'll talk about the Flyers and they're kind of ruining the East division. Uh, When we come back on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. A word for bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but get the NBA college hoops, the NHL, all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. For these Sabre games, you could bet on the exact amount of which either the Sabres or their opponent will win by. So if you think the Sabres are going to win by exactly two, you can find odds for the Sabres winning by exactly two. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is the site. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Remember to use the promo code Locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. We will get to the Flyers in a second. First, relates to the trade deadline, which is now 13 days away, 12 days away, depending on when you're listening to this episode. Darren Dreger of TSN said, quote, on the Sabres, quote, lots of calls on Sam Reinhart, lots of calls on Ristolainen, but general manager Kevin Adams does not want to trade those players. And then he continued on to say that it would take an overpayment. Um I think I'm okay with that principle on Reinhardt. I, it's not even, I don't think it's any longer about Ristolainen in the player. We have gone back and forth for five years, Sabre fans, on whether he's worth being a part of the core, whether they should trade him. It's no longer to me about that. The guy is gone in 15 months. Like there, I cannot, you, no one can tell me different. He is gone in 15 months. So basically all you're doing, if you're saying we're not trading him now, is you're kicking the can down the road. Because 
The worst thing I'm going to, I'm going to go crazy. If they let that entire contract play out without paying him and lose him for nothing. So I agree with the Reinhardt principle of that. I do not agree with the, the, the concept of it would take an overpayment to get Rasmus versus the line. And I think that would be dumb. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I think that it would be okay if somebody overpaid for Rasmus versus the line. I guess that's the way I'd put it. It's like, I like that our GM is saying like, yeah, you, if you want these guys, like I'll listen to the calls, but you gotta, you know, you gotta spend to get, to get these players. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, Ristolainen started this season before he got COVID and pretty bad too. Um, from what I remember is that his, his case of coronavirus was, you know, you know, it affected him a lot. Um, and he was like having his like career year. Um, mm-hmm. I don't dislike Ristolainen. We've been through that. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, I, I just think he's, I, I think he's like a solid player and he, he brings something to the table that a lot of the other Sabres defensemen don't have. Um, now I wish he brought it to the table a little bit more. Um, like Je- Jeff Skinner finally got to be past Jeff Skinner <laughs> again today. Yeah. And like, nobody was there to like help him. It's like, it's just, it's the same thing that just kind of like irks me. I know that's old school mentality. Like, oh yeah, I'll fight somebody. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, I just don't want Jeff Skinner taking unnecessary shots when Rasmus Ristolainen could do it for him. Right. It's it's like Brad Marchand does the same stuff and he always was able to because Chara was back there. You right. know, to make sure that nobody was going to. Yeah, I'm not stop. saying, I'm not saying like, I want like, you know, punching, but yeah. I just don't want to see like our stars get like cheap shotted by, you know, flyers that are mad they're losing. That's why. Why were they pissed at Skinner? By the way, I couldn't figure that out. He's a he's a talker. He was talking. I was gonna say, yeah, he was talking because the the play the pants play, um, where the puck is stuck in his pants and he's like skating to the other side and trying to wiggle it out at the same time and then the wraparound. Like that's the moment where the Flyers like were cross checking him in the back and they were getting upset. I'm like, what are they pissed about? But I guess if he was talking, I think he was chirping because he, as he went through the bench, he stopped at the Flyers bench and started talking <laughs> to them. So I, I love it. I want more of that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Ristolainen, and I, I'm fine with the overpayment. I get what you're saying though. Like, if he's gonna leave, which all signs point to that, like he's expressed frustration and all that stuff. Um, yeah. That I hate that too. So, yeah, yeah, maybe lower, maybe lower the overpayment for him a little bit more, just because the contract situation is different, right? And I think we've been waiting five years for someone to overpay for Ristolainen, and if someone hasn't done it by now, I don't foresee that happening. Uh, Reinhardt, though, I do think he he's curious. We don't talk about him in the same way that we talk about Eichel. The all right, when does he want out? Eichel, maybe we only do it because one, he's under contract and just the magnitude of the player. Reinhardt's not Eichel, but Reinhardt's a really good player too. And Reinhardt's been here for the exact same amount of time. He's been through the exact same losing that Eichel has been through. The difference is Reinhardt has control, some control. He doesn't have all of it because obviously he's a restricted free agent after the year, but he could come back to the team and be like, I'm only signing a one-year deal. I'll play for you this year. I'll work my ass off. I'll score goals, but I'm not signing a long-term deal with you until 
until this thing gets figured out. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that's Reinhardt's mindset right now. So I don't know what you do with him. I don't think you can't trade him. I don't think it's, uh, you know, insane to think about the idea of trading him. He is playing great, but it would be considered a sell high. I think given his production this year, he's on like a 43 goal pace. I mean, I don't think that keeps up throughout his career. So it's not my favorite idea, but I have questions about his motivation to be here long-term just on instinct. And it is kind of a sell high. So I know you are, uh, I don't, you know, I always say you, I know you are a Reinhardt hater. You're not really a Reinhardt hater anymore, especially the season he's had. Um, but where would you stand on him? I've, I've always, I've always loved Sam Reinhardt. I don't, I don't know where that, that. Why do I always think of you as a Reinhardt hater? It's your brother, I think. Well, I, I've, 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 I've beefed with Reinhardt many a times. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, he's been great this year. He's been great. He's been the best player on the team. Um, if I had to pick like a Sabres MVP, you know, they do their team awards. I think Reinhardt is my MVP with mm-hmm. Linus. Ol- Linus Olmark's very close though. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, one, a one B so to speak. Yeah. Like if you had to pick like an MVP of the team, there are there many. So, well, okay. So um, here's the, Reinhardt's di- been great. Here's the dilemma. I think the, the dilemma that I'll throw to you, your Sabres GM, you're Kevin Adams and it's the off season. He's a restricted free agent. If he signs another one-year deal, he becomes a UFA at the end of it. And Reinhardt and his camp come to you and say they are only signing a one-year deal. What do you do? Do you sign him to the one-year deal? Do you trade him? Do you, I, like, I think I would wow. be okay trading him if he doesn't, if he's not. Because I don't, same thing with Ristolainen. Not a player that I even want to come close to losing for nothing. Yeah, I'd be asking him that now. Like, what, what are you thinking? What's mm-hmm. your plan? Like, Kind of the same thing with Hall. I bet what they were doing was, you yeah. know, they were feeling them out, seeing what their what their status is. Are you willing to resign here? Do you want to be here for a long time? What are your thoughts um, on all that stuff? Um, but yeah, Reinhardt's Reinhardt's an interesting case because he hasn't had a season like this. He's having it now, but it's shortened. But it's shortened. It's. You know, it's it's not within really, it's the not adding <laughs> it's not adding to wins. Yeah. Right. Um, right. You know, it's it's a weird it's it's a, it's a very weird spot, but it is a career year nonetheless. Um mm-hmm. and I think that it's you know, it's it's something that's good for the team. And I, I think it says a sends a bad message. I wanted to I wanted to make this point too, that it sends a bad message, I think, to the team. That if you like, you're just gonna trade the guy that's been our best player, like this year. Yeah, I true. I don't I know that's maybe not why you make trades. Like sell high is a real thing. Like that's mm. that's like a main concept of business. But I I just hate the message that it sends. If you're really trying to rebuild, like how do you tell the guys that you're rebuilding with, like we're yeah. trading this really good player. How do you how do you convince Eichel to stay? Like I think if Reinhardt goes, like Eichel Ooh, has to go. That's a good point. <laughs> if if he wasn't hitting the nuclear button before that, you trade not only his best teammate but his best buddy, <laughs> and apparently um, a coach he really respected. But that that one had to go right. Yeah, that one. That I mean, you could he had to know like that had to happen. Yeah, right. Um, somebody, right somebody somebody be, has to go. But Reinhardt would be different. Reinhardt would probably affect that, I would imagine. 
It's his, it's literally his best friend on the team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Quickly before we get out of here, I just want to mention that the Flyers being a disaster right now. And when I say disaster, they their starting goalie is not with the team. Like Aline Vigneault sent him away to work harder in practice. Um, Nolan Patrick, their second overall pick from a couple years ago, is getting healthy scratched. Shane Gostaspear, who was once thought of as their franchise defenseman, was waived and went unclaimed and is now on the taxi squad. Uh, they're relying on Brian Elliott to kind of bail them out here, a 36-year-old goaltender. They are now three points back of Boston for the fourth and final playoff spot. They're 10 points back of anybody else, so it's only Boston. But Boston's got three games in hand, and the Flyers only have one more game left with the Sabres, and I think only one game left with the Devils, whereas the Bruins have four games left with the Devils and six games left with the Sabres. So... That all leads to moneypuck.com leaving the Flyers with a 12% chance to make the playoffs. The Rangers are further back. The Rangers are five points out with also three more games played. And all of that adds up to the East Division is figured out. There's going to be four playoff teams, Washington, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, and Boston. I think that is decided. I think that is wrapped up. This Flyers team, even if you ignored the fact that they played three more games and are three points back, they are not playing like a team at all that's going to come out of this. So... Do you got a thought on them and what you saw from them these last two games? Because I think they are dead. Yeah, they they, they don't look very good. Um, I like a lot of their players, too, which is funny. Like, they just look bad, even though, like, Kevin Hayes is very good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Provorov. Like, Provorov's great. What, what can we get for him? Like, <laughs> what do we have to give up for him? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think it's weird? Should the Sabres have just, like, picked up Gossip Spear? I... <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he, two years left after this year at four point five million would have scared me away. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if that it was like, like probably the only reason why they waived him is to see if anybody would bite on that. Probably because if it was one year left, I would have taken a flyer. Not no pun intended there. Um, <laughs> I think that, that was... we have to end on that. I think we have to end on that. I, we do. We do. We yeah. do. All right. Uh, Jordan's going to take a week off. I'm going to be back with you guys tomorrow uh, after Sabres and Rangers. Join us on the Locker Room app. Download the Locker Room app. And uh, you can chime in on tomorrow's show if you want. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Jordan is at JR Hanskin. And you can follow the podcast at Locked on Sabres. Thanks everybody for listening. Like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. This has been the Locked On Sabres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage.
Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24.